Welcome to the Forward Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Now let's get ready to dive into today's message. We know you'll be blessed. Part two. Part two of 2024 vision, the year of more. Let me uh, lay the foundation like I did last Sunday. I believe this is some things that God laid on my heart, and uh, I just want to share with you again because I'm not going to embarrass you, but I know that it's like 30% of our congregation is different every single Sunday. They say that statistically speaking, today that people consider faithful church attendance one Sunday a month. Just let that sink in, and I don't mean to shame anyone in here. We're not in the business of shaming anybody, but I'm just going to be honest with you. That is not what pastor considers faithful church attendance. But in saying all that, I want to say this. I know that there's probably, probably many of you under the sound of my voice, you didn't get to hear part one. Um, so I want to lay this out. Here's some things that God laid on my heart, placed on my heart for this year. 2024, the year of more. More, I believe, more of, the, more of the divine. What do I mean by divine? I mean by divine saying that there's going to be some things that, humanly speaking, are not possible but only by the grace of God, only by God's supernatural provision, only by God's divine hand is this going to be possible. Here's some of the divine things that I believe are taking place in 2024, not just in this church, but I I want to say the church. Divine grace and mercy. Grace is undeserved. It's unearned. I am saved by grace, by faith, There is nothing that I can earn. There's nothing that I can do to earn my way into heaven, but only by the grace of God. And I'm not going to spend as much time on these as I did last Sunday, but I want to go through this divine alignment. And I'm going to spend a lot of time on this today. I talked about grace and mercy last Sunday, and I'm going to spend a lot of time on divine alignment today. I, I believe that there's... I don't even think, and and I'm going to be bold today. I'm just going to call it like I see it and and say what God laid on my heart. And if if it it doesn't, I'm not intending to offend anyone, but if it does offend you, then that might be an area that you need to pray about and ask God to help you in. So just leaving that there. But there's a lot of institutions or organizations, I don't believe you can even really call them churches, that is aligning themselves and themselves with things of this world, not the things of the word, of the word. Because the world has a God and the church has the God. And the God became flesh and established his word. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. divine alignment, but there's a divine alignment taking place in the real, in the church. We're going to get to that. I'm ready to preach. Divine signs. I believe that there's going to, the end time signs are going to start ramping up more and more and more and more until people are really just going to have to blatantly say, I don't believe it. It's, it's, 
I've said this before, and I'll say it again, and I know I'm taking my time right here, and I'm already five minutes into this, and I ain't even got to the scripture yet, but I'm just going to, worship didn't go quite as long today, so add me 10 more minutes back there if y'all don't mind. I'm just playing. You ain't got to do that. I'll just take my liberty today. But here's the thing. I've said two or three years ago that I, I felt in my spirit that there was a separation taking place. What do I mean by that? When I was growing up, many of you, maybe, maybe it's been a while since you've been to church, so you can re- relate to this. We, we have some guests. I see some new faces. I don't know your story, but maybe it's been a while since. You know, I grew up in church in, in a youth group and, you know, in the early 90s. And, you know, I'm a 90s kid. And the 90s, it just, it just seemed like everybody could call themselves a Christian. And there was this gray area. That, that you, could, you could fit in this gray area and people really couldn't, you know, maybe they are and maybe they're not. But here's what I'm saying all that to say this. I feel like there's something taking place on the earth and there's a separation. Meaning the worse is getting worse, but the good is getting better, gooder. And no longer, listen to me, don't miss this, no longer are people going to be able to be right here. People are going to have to choose. Either I believe the Word of God or I don't believe the Word of God. Either I believe God is who He says He is and the church is who He intended us to be or either I don't. There's, there's signs are ramping up and, and people are going to have to choose one way or the other. With that comes divine appointments. There's going to be appointed times that God is just going to, going to move in, in, in the world today, I believe. And divine rest, this is directly connected to the glory of God. I got to hurry. Divine harvest, there's a latter day harvest taking place. And I'm ready for it. I want us to look again at the book of Philippians. This is my main text for this series, and I'm going to be referencing uh, the book of Corinthians as well today. We're going to be going back and forth between Philippians and Corinthians. But for the main text today, I want to read Philippians chapter 1, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 11, something that we do here at Forward Church. And, and uh, yeah, y'all already know we're, we stand for the reading of God's Word. I know you've already stood up for a long time already, so once we get done reading this, you can sit for the remainder of the service, and I'll remain standing. Philippians chapter 1, begin with verse 1. If you got it, say, I got it. It says this, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi. Let me just stop right there because I'm not preaching this point today, but I did last Sunday. This, this vision, even though this is vision for the church, this vision, this message is for everybody. I don't care whether it's your first time in church today, if you're coming back after a a long time of being out of church, or if if you've been coming to church for 100 years now. This this message is for every single person who's hearing it, okay? To all the saints, with the bishops and the deacons, so all the leaders, all the staff, everybody, grace to you, peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what Paul is writing. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always, in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy, which is significant because Paul is in prison right here. 
for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, this very thing. This is what I preached on last Sunday, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think of you, think of you all because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. How many of you are partakers of grace today? I am who I am by the grace of God. Amen. For God is my witness how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this is where I want to focus on today, verse 9 and 10. In this I pray that your love may still, may abound still more and more. Somebody say more and more. More and more in knowledge and all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent. Somebody say excellent. That you may be sincere, and this is next Sunday, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Today I'm excited. I'm going to bring you part two of 2024, the year of more. Will you pray with me? God, I come before you. And I praise you for who you are. I thank you, God, for this word that you've downloaded into my spirit this morning. God, I just pray your strength, God, in my body today, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you would touch my voice, God. Let me speak the things you want me to speak today, God. Nothing more, nothing less, God. Let it pierce the hearts of this congregation, God, that we wouldn't just be hearers of your word, but doers, God. In my prayer, Father, I pray this every single Sunday, not out of vain repetition or just habit, but it's really, it's my heart, God, as a shepherd. God, I don't want a single one of us to leave here, to leave this place today, whether it be online or in person, God. I don't want us to walk away from this word the same way we approached it, God. I want us to leave change, God, transform, renewed, revived, God, by the Holy Spirit, God. And Lord, I'll be quick to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for everything that's accomplished in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Shout amen. Give two or three people a hand, uh, high five, and let them know it's good to see them in church today. I'm going to dive straight into this today. I'm not going to recap a whole lot because I already have. But there is a divine alignment taking place in the church to take a stand for the godly principles and values that thus says the word of the Lord. There's a divine alignment. Now, y'all going to have to help me just because I've got done with my introduction. I need, we need to practice something. One, two, three, say amen. amen. Praise God. That's what, I, that's what I like. Look, if you, if you don't just help your pastor out today, okay, that's, I'm just, that's just what I'm asking. I need your help today. Paul said this. He said, this I pray that your love may abound still more and more. One of the, see, the mission of this church is to love God and to what? Love people. One of the things that the Philippians had or the church at Philippi really prided themselves over was that they had a lot of love for people. They even showed their love to Paul. That's why Paul expresses and approaches them in the way that he did opening this letter, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. He didn't approach them as an authoritative Paul, an apostle Paul, or a, a, you know, he, he approached them a bondservant. He, he, he humbled because he knew that Philippi has expressed their love to him and that they really prided themselves over showing love to people. 
But what's so interesting is the fact that even though the church at Philippi prided themselves over how much love they showed for people, what was the first thing that Paul prayed that they did? I pray that your love still abound more and more. Here's the first thing that I want this church to realize today. If our mission is love God and love people, if we're advertising something that it should be on our shelf, I'm not getting as much help as what I thought I would today. Somebody check your pulse. You see, if I walk in a store that has an advertisement in the window, buy one, get one, or 50% off, or Stanley Cup, no, I'm just playing. (laughs) If I walk in a store that's advertising something and I walk in that store, it better be on the shelf. I don't want to get up to the cash register to check out all of a sudden to, to see that what they advertised was a lie. And I want to tell this church something. If we're going to say that our mission is love God, love people, then, then by goodness, it should be on our shelf. It shouldn't be just a, amen, praise God. That's what I, that's what I need today because that gives my voice a rest. We should still abound even more. I don't care how much, I do care how much we love, but hear my heart and what I intend to say behind this, you can always love more. You can always love God more. You can always desire his presence more as the deer pants for water. So my soul thirsts for you. God, give me less of this world but give me more of you. God, let me see people. I got to calm down. God, let me see people. How you see people. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. See, I don't, I got to get out of that habit. I believe this church is a church that loves God and loves people. But even so, I pray that our love abounds still more and more. The Philippians had a lot of love and they showed it to Paul, yet Paul didn't hesitate to pray that their love would abound still more and more. It doesn't matter how much we love others or how much love for others we have, we can still have more. Yet the, Paul, the love that Paul watched or the, Paul, the love that Paul wanted to abound in the Philippians was not what we call blind love. Somebody say blind love. You know what blind love is? Blind love is, let me lighten up a little bit right here. Does this dress look good on me? How, how many husbands, you've, you've, your, your wife? I don't care what it looks like. The answer is yes. It's called a priority lie. Meaning God's grace will cover it. Sometimes it's better to, never mind. But the love that Paul prayed that the church in Philippi would abound more and more in was not blind love. He prayed that their love would abound still more and more in knowledge and how many Bible readers? 
knowledge, and all discernment. It was a love that could approve the things that are excellent. That's where we're going to camp out today. Are y'all ready for this? See, that was just my introduction. And I'm halfway through my timer. Paul knew the danger of undiscerning love. Do you know what we have in a lot of quote-unquote churches today? Undiscerning love. Do you know what we have in the world today? Fake love. Love without knowledge and discernment. Love that is contrary to the agape love found in the Word of God. Paul gives us insight to the type of love that he is praying for in the church of Philippi when he rebukes another church in Corinth. Same Paul, same writer, and we hear and we get to understand his heart and what he's praying for in Philippi by looking at what he wrote to the church of Corinth. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me? He rebuked the Corinthian church that seemed to glory in their quote-unquote love and openness. How many of y'all have heard those terms today? Openness. Acceptance. And it's not really... Let me just stick to my notes today because I don't want to get in trouble. Come on, somebody. This church gloried in their love and openness openness which lacked any sense of knowledge and discernment. We read about this in 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 8. I'm going to go there today. This is where we really hear Paul's heart of what he's talking about. Look at that with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Now, this is, this is heavy, okay? This is the meat. The milk was last Sunday. The meat's today. Yes. Infants in Christ can handle the milk, but sometimes it takes a little, it takes more mature Christians to handle the meat. Are y'all ready for this? Okay. Here it is. Verse 1, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. What is taking place in the church today is an acceptance of what the Bible calls sexual immorality. I don't have to get specific. You know what I'm talking about. And such sexual immorality, as it's not even named among the Gentiles, meaning your glory, I'm getting, hold on, that a man has his father's wife. Do you know what has means? Do I have to lay that out? Huh? There's incest taking place. And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. Let's look at that sexual immorality. Pause, hit the timer right there. Keep your Bible open. That word sexual immorality is the Greek word pernia. Does that sound familiar? And it so often appears first in New Testament sin lists, but not because the first Corinthians or the, the Corinthians or the first Christians had a lot of hang-ups about sex. Instead, it is because the area of sex was one of the most dramatic places where the ethics of Greek culture 
clash with the ethics of Jesus. I put that in my notes because I love the way the commentary worded this. There is a clash between the world's culture and what should be the culture of the kingdom or the culture of the church. There is a clash taking place. And what's happening today is that a lot of churches, Lord help me, again, I, I use that term loosely, is aligning themselves with the culture of the world in the, in the sense of openness and acceptance in love, but the love that God wants us to have and that Paul was writing to, to Philippi and Corinth about was not just blind love, but it was love with, with knowledge and discernment. Sexual immorality was an accepted fact of life for the common person in Greek culture, but it was not to be so among the followers of Jesus. I'm going somewhere today. There are things that this world accepts that the church should not accept. Now, if you're struggling with these things today, buckle your seatbelt and hang on because I'm going somewhere. Because it's not, see, a lot of religion would just throw you away and tell you there's no hope for you. But there's hope in Jesus, and we're going there, but I got to get there first. Because Paul even told this church at Corinth, he said, and you're, you are puffed up and have not rather more, meaning you're proud about this. As bad as the sin itself was, Paul was more concerned that the Corinthian Christians seemed to take the sin lightly, and they were unconcerned that they have not mourned about this behavior. It wasn't so much that he calls the person out too, but his biggest concern was really not with the person. It was with the church, the congregation, for accepting that. You want to know my biggest concern today? My biggest concern is this. Now, I want to see the lost saved. I want to see people transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to see people come in one way and have an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and leave differently than the way they walked in. But I'm going to tell you something. That part really has nothing to do with me but everything with God. I can't save people. I can't, I can't cause them to, to be transformed. Only that's the work of the Holy Spirit. But here's what I can control or determine. I hate to use that word control. I can control what I condone and what I don't condone. I can control what I, I accept and what I don't accept. And there are some things that I believe that if we want to experience more in 24, we just got to call it like it is. We got to say it in love, but we got to have love that has knowledge and discernment. And we've got to trust that if we align with the word of God, people will come in, experience the presence of God. This will be a temple where God's presence dwells. And it's the presence of God that sets people free. Come on, give him praise. Give them about a 20-second praise break. Yeah. 
You gave me 10, okay? Previously in the letter, Paul dealt with, in the, in the letter in Corinthians, Paul dealt mainly with mental problems of the Corinthian Christians. In other words, their wrong ideas about God's power and work and his servants. He dealt earlier in the letter in Corinthians to the letter of the church at Corinth, he dealt with their wrong thinking. Why did he deal with that? Because the way you think ultimately determines the path in which you take. The way you think determines the way you react. The way you think determines your actions and your worldview. And so first Paul dealt with the wrong thinking, the mental problems and issues in the Corinthian church earlier in this latter letter. Now Paul starts to deal with their moral problems. Because mental problems lead to moral problems. Wrong thinking leads to wrong living. But the two are connected. Their moral problems come because they aren't thinking right about God and his word. When people don't view this work, uh, I got to go on. Let me read on. Verse 3. Corinthians, verse 3. For I indeed, as absent in body but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present him, the one who's committing the sexual sin, who has done this deed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you are gathered together along with my spirit, I told you this is going to be the meat today, along with my spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan. It's in the word. If you want to have issue with me, whatever. Deliver such one to Satan, but here's why. Don't miss the importance of the why right here. For the destruction of the flesh, not a physical death here, but we wrestle with the flesh. The flesh is at war with the spirit, and we must put to death the what? Flesh, so that our spirit, and I fear that there's too many fleshly things happening. Do you see what I'm do you see where I'm going with? Either we are a a church with supernatural signs, wonders, miracles with the presence of God, or either we've learned how to just do church. And there's a lot of institutions and organizations out there, and you can find plenty of them that's learned just how to do church and check the box. Come in, read a creed, sing a couple of hymns, shake, shake a few hands, go home, and leave as bound as the way they walked in. But I feel the boldness of the Holy Ghost in this house this morning. There's a divine alignment taking place with God that's going to take his presence, that's going to take his Holy Spirit to come in, change people from the inside out, and they're not going to leave here bound in their sin. Lord, help me this morning. I ain't going to have a voice by 11 o'clock. Thank y'all. See what y'all did back there. Deliver such one 
to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved. I can't get away from this. We've got too many people today worried about, and even I'm guilty of this sometimes. It's going to be real. I'm going to be honest. Worried about offending people in the flesh. Oh, Lord. When we should be more concerned about their soul, their spirit. I'm just going to be honest. If your flesh leaves happy today, then I hadn't done my job. But if you leave strong in your spirit, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, ready to go out and make a difference in the world outside the four walls of this church, that's our goal. That's why we exist as a church. Now, you're going to have the joy of the Lord because that's the fruit of the Spirit. I'll go back and preach last Sunday if I have to. That no matter what our circumstances are on the face of this earth, we can experience joy because the world didn't give it to us and the world can't take it away. But it's not necessarily my flesh that I'm wanting to build up in the house this morning. It's my spirit. God, build me up in the spirit, God, that I can go out. Lord, help me. Lay hands on the sick and see them recover that I can speak to the demonically oppressed and to the demonically possessed and say, let them loose in the name of Jesus and see people set free. Lord, help me, God. Pastor, you're scaring me today. This is what we, we've strayed, Lord, help me. I can't get away from this. This is why the original, this is why the early church was birthed. This is actually what they did. The Bible says just Peter's shadow would walk by. People would be healed because they had the presence of God. They aligned themselves with the kingdom and not with the world. I want to be a church that's aligned with the word of God, not with the world. See, the goal of this discipline right here. This was church discipline that doesn't take place a lot today. You know why it doesn't take place a lot today? Because if, if, if it really happened, all that person would have to do is just go down the road and find another church that would accept them in their sin. And that's why you got too many pastors and too many leaders today that's scared to offend people. But I've come to the place where I don't care. I really don't care. Look, I, I, would rather, I would rather preach you a word that's going to lead you to heaven than, than, than water down some kind of version of the gospel up here that's going to send you to hell. Because one of these days, listen to me, one of these days I'm going to give an account to every single word that I say from behind this pulpit. So I'm not worried about man's opinion this morning. There's one person that I've come to please this morning, and that's God, Jehovah. That's Jesus Christ. That's the Holy Spirit that's inside me. Though this man's conduct was clearly sinful and needed severe correction, Paul does not write him off as forever lost. The effective use of church discipline may yet set him to salvation. If people would actually receive church correction today. I'm not going to name names, but there's been people in the last six and a half, seven years that I've been pastor here there's been some people that has received 
church discipline. And you know what? They're still serving. They're still worshiping. They're still in the body of Christ. Praise God. But there's been some people, they didn't want it. I don't need, I don't need your correction. I don't need your restoration. Where have we gotten? It's a consumer Christianity culture that has crept into the church world today. And I'm going to make a bold statement right here. At the end of the day, either God told you this is your church or God didn't tell you this is your church. And so matter what, so no matter what, through the thick, through the thin, until God releases you, you can't let your emotions just say, well, I, you know, through the tough times. Yes. I'm going to say it. My wife told me I, I, I need to be encouraging, and I'm trying to be encouraging today, but it's too good not to say, sweetheart. All of us complaining about college football players and the transfer portal today, that's exactly what church members are doing today because we got a better NIL down the road. I said it. Facebook said it first, though. We all up in arms over these 19, 20-year-olds. We got 50, 60, 70-year-olds. Either you made a commitment or you didn't make it. Either I'm called or I'm not called. I was having a conversation with someone earlier this week. You know what? I could have thrown in the towel a long time ago. But you know what? I couldn't. I didn't have a choice. You know why? Because there's a calling on my life. It's not my choice. It's his choice. To see, to walk away from my calling would be to walk away from God. And I'm not willing to do that. And so this morning, I'm praying that someone, you get liberated in this and you just make your mind up. No matter what the enemy throws your way, no matter how hard it gets, no matter what brother and sister Yay Yay or sister Nay Nay tells you, I'm, I'm going to say, this is my church. I am a child of God. No, let your haters be your motivators this morning because guess what you can go down the road to the to the and you're going to find the same thing because as long as there are oxen in the stable it's messy and I'll just leave that right there though this man's conduct was clearly sinful and needed severe correction Paul did not write him off as forever lost the effective use of church discipline may yet set him to salvation. See, all discipline in the church is to be carried out in this attitude of restoration, not condemnation. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. The end goal of anything should be restoration. But you see, when the shoe's on the other foot, see, we want the hammer to come down hard. We want to go hire the Mike Slocum. When this person's over here, did wrong. But when the shoe's on the other foot, and it's me, when it's my family, when it's my children, when it's my kids, oh, grace. God, give me grace. God, restore. I pray that our love abound more 
and more and more and that we see people through the eyes of Jesus Christ that we see people as God sees people and the ultimate goal in any person's life is not to turn them away and, and, and just write them off like there's no hope but I'm going to tell you something this morning if you're dealing with anything that I'm talking about this morning there's hope and that hope is in Jesus Christ because his grace is sufficient. There is power in the presence of God to clean you, to restore you, to change you so you don't have to leave here in the same chains that you walked in here with. I don't care whether it's sexual immorality. I don't care whether it's oppression. I don't care whether it's depression. I don't care whether it's alcoholic addiction or drug addiction or if you just got a problem with lying through your teeth this morning. I don't care what it is, but God can set you free in the name of Jesus so you don't just have to and let me move on right here so you don't have to just approve the things that are good but the things that are excellent so that you may be able to approve the things that are somebody help me preach excellent praise God I had all kind of notes that I didn't even get to this morning. Here's the issue. The issue is one of corporate responsibility. Here's what I want us to get to today. Here's where I want this church to be in 24, and I believe this is where God wants this church to be in 24. There's got to be a level of responsibility in each and every one of us for each other. Not just on me. Not just on Pastor Brandon. Not just on Miss Renee. Not just on Pastor Cassie. Not just on Pastor Kayla or Pastor Adam or Pastor Jennifer. Not just on Miss Rosa. Not just on our small group. But there's got to be some type of responsibility. The issue is this this morning. Corporate responsibility. That if Christ died for the church and set you free, he didn't just call you and create you to fill a seat on Sunday morning. Praise God that you could have chose to stay home this morning in the negative 30 degree weather. But it's warm in here. Come on, somebody. Praise God. That click track's coming through. That's my, I'm deaf. I have to turn up my headphones back there. Here's the thing. I got to land this plane. I'm having too much fun today. What the individual member does is not merely an individual matter. We've bought into this lie today. Do you. Do you. Whatever that means. I know I'm not old. But I'm getting older. You know how I can tell? Because I just don't understand statements like that. Do you? Do you, boo? What? Sounds dirty. Y'all remember the sin of Achan? Y'all remember that? 
one man's sin, one family's sin. I know this is Old Testament, but just go with me on this. Affected the whole nation. Because he took the idols. God said, don't have anything to do with that. Don't take that. Destroy it all. But when he saw it, he was like, maybe I can just hide this in my house. Nobody will ever know. My pastor won't know. My parents won't know. My husband won't know. My wife won't know. My kids won't know. Sister Rosa won't know. That's debatable. speaks to that but that sin the very next battle the very next battle you hear me church you hear me why do you feel defeated why does it feel like you keep going up against the enemy and the enemy keeps winning because there's sin in the camp I know nobody here because we're all perfect but there needs to be a, a divine alignment that the church calls sin, sin with the ultimate goal of restoration and transformation for all people not condemnation The issue is the responsibility of the whole community. Spurgeon said this. I love it. Salvation in sin is not possible. It must always be salvation from sin. I want you to know today that this pastor loves you enough to tell you that God does not want to leave you like you are, but he wants to transform you into a new creation. And if we want to experience more in 24, we must be in alignment with the Word of God. We must have love that has knowledge and all discernment so that we can approve the things that are excellent. Worship team, come on out. Worship team, praise team, y'all just come on if you can hear me. I'll get ready. Because I want us as a church to be able to approve the things that are excellent. Oh, it's good, Pastor. It's been good. Oh, it's been so good. I know. Hear my heart when I say this. I'm not satisfied with good. I want excellent. That word excellent, I looked it up in the Greek. I don't, it's like, duh, I know what excellent. Go with me on this. Because when I saw the definition in the Greek, I can't say that diathero, I believe, is how you pronounce that Greek word. 
Here's the definition. And when I saw the definition, I about shouted in my office that day. To be worth more than. Oh, that didn't resonate with you like it. 2024, the year of more. Not just good, but excellent. Excellent things. To be worth more than. To be or become of greater quality or value. Here's what I need to address before the altar call. Because there's some of you under the sound of my voice, you would think that's dealing with you as a person. It's not what Paul's talking about. Because your worth to God is just as valuable before you got saved as after you got saved. There is nothing that you could ever do to make God love you more. But here's what Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about the life that we live. Well, I've got a good life, Pastor. What did I just say? It's not just the good things. God's plan for you is not just good. It's excellent. It's excellent. It's, it's, it's to be more and more and more like Him. More and more and more in His glory. More and more and more in His anointing. More and more and more in the overflow. More and more and more in the spiritual blessings. God doesn't just want you to live in the good. He wants you to live in the excellent. Remember that. Everybody stand. Hallelujah. How many of y'all are ready for more? How many of y'all are ready for more? Here's the altar call today. Salvation, restoration, deliverance, breakthrough, healing, provision, power, anything that is excellent. Because I don't want you to leave here and say, well, that altar call wasn't for me. Out of everything I just said, if we don't have at least 99% of the people in the altar this morning, then y'all just lied to me when you raised your hand and said, I want more. Because I guarantee you, Salvation, restoration, healing, breakthrough, deliverance, miracles, prodigal sons and daughters coming home, provision, whatever it is you need from God today, I desire that God approves more and more, not just the good, but the excellent in Jesus' name, God. From the front to the back, God. From wall to wall, God. Let your Holy Spirit, God, be manifest in this house, God. And if there be one person, God, under the sound of my voice, God, God, that needs you, I pray, God, that they not leave here the same way they walked in. In Jesus' name, these altars are open. Come on, We hope you've been blessed by today's message. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our most recent episodes. To find out more, visit us at forwardchurchonline.com. There you can connect with us, learn more about our ministries, and submit any prayer requests you may have. 
We hope you join us again soon.